glorify you, O Lord Jesus. Father, we bless your name. In Jesus' holy name, we are worshipped. Take your seats for just one minute. You can sit down quiet because you need to relax your bones. <laughs> if you if you mentally have your seat there, you can. If not, go to your seat, please. Just for five minutes or ten minutes. You know why the leaders who are leading prayer? I do my usual thing. And the usual thing I do is that I've told you whenever anybody leads prayer, I hear God. If any one of you come to the podium to share the word of God, I hear God, even if it's a small child. Because that person will read the scriptures. And wherever the word of God is read, God must be heard. I would hear that. And there are two prayers, uh, there are two scriptures that was used to pray that challenge me. I want to read it to you, maybe it will challenge you too. So that while you are relaxing your, your, your feet, you can be refreshed. Amen? The first one is the book of Exodus that uh, Pastor Josiah read. In the book of Exodus, it says, Moses replied, when I have gone out of the city. Listen very well, verse 29. Chapter 9, Exodus, Exodus 9, 29. Moses replied, when I have gone out to this, of the city, I will spread out my hands in prayer to the Lord. Then look at what he said. The thunder will stop and there will be no more hail. So, you may know that the earth is the Lord. You know, as much as we prayed over it, what I'm looking at is a man like me, you know. Someone born like you. What God has he? To tell the whole people when God is passing judgment over the whole nation. And he says, don't worry, don't worry. I will go out of all of you and I will stand before him. And he says, when I lift my hands up to God, he hears. You must be able to say so. What is in this man that he has so much God? He did not say, let me go and pray. Maybe he will hear us. He said, look, don't worry. This is the hand of God. This is his anger. And I have a relationship with him. When I talk to him, just let me do that alone. It is not possible for him not to answer. He would he will answer. And you see what he says. He he said that because of a knowing. Because he says in that scripture, the thunder will stop and there will be no more hail. Alright? For what purpose? So that you may know, not I. I know already that the earth is the Lord's. I am a friend of the God. Who created the whole heavens and earth? And I know that he had his ears. I, I also know something. When I speak to him, he will hear me. He will hear me. I think that, um, I think I'm convinced too, by the evidence of the Bible, that no man can say that about another man unless you have a real relationship with Christ. You cannot say such about a person you don't have a relationship with. That is the highest level of confidence in the person that you, you, you friend. And I, I just felt that, look, man, if you go away tonight with any challenge, that's it. 
you and I must come to the place where we have so much confidence in God because of relationship that we have built. It's nothing different in, in, in Moses. You know? It's your relationship. We know in the book of... Um, um, and, uh, in, in the book of uh, Numbers 12, you know, God said that uh, Moses was the meekest man. Understand that. Moses made mistakes. I would gather now. Of course, out of zeal, human zeal, he made mistakes. But his mistakes were not mistakes against God. His mistakes only happened because men disobeyed God or men provoked God and he fought for God. Alright? He loved his friend God so much that he wants to defend God. If Moses was able, he wanted to protect God. That was the kind of love he has for God. Anything about God, he can die for it. I would get that. So he built up a love relationship with God to the place where anything he says, even when God has decided to destroy people, he can say, God, you are my friend, but you can't do that. And God says, okay, Moses, I will do that, but because you said, I will do that anymore. We must come to that relationship. The second scripture is the book of Mark. That Pastor Roger read. I prayed all the prayers, but these areas challenged me as in information. You know what happened in the book of Mark 140, chapter 1, verse 40? A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, can you make me clean? Understand that this man was questioning that... Can you really do this? You have done all the miracles we saw. But this is leprosy. Forbidding for man to touch. You will be defiled. If you touch me, maybe you can contact leprosy. Say so. My own condition is not redeemable. But Jesus can you. And that question was a question of asking for mercy. And Pharaoh, please help me. But you know, what challenged me here, you know, we prayed for that. But what challenged me here is this. Number 41. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, be clean. Look at verse 42. It says, immediately leprosy left him and he was cured. Now, let me share one testimony with you for two minutes. One thing that first challenged me here is that this is Jesus, our senior brother. If he can heal the leper, we can, if he can. Hmm? We can, if he can. I beg you to listen to me. You know, I'm not saying you need to pray for this. But I'm helping you to see where you really are that you did not appreciate. If Jesus can, we can. When it was written in the scripture, the Lord reminded me, the message I taught before among you, if God can, 
you can. Alright? Now, but I can identify with what really caused that to happen. It says Jesus was filled with what? Look at my eyes. It means that if anybody among us out of great compassion for somebody else, if we make utterance that God will change that situation, because of us, he will change it. But it must come from the same height of compassion. And I'll give you the testimony. Um, I, when I was in Olivet, as a, as a Baptist pastor, and the Lord brought Pastor Adesa and his wife, to the church. I've told you about the testimony when they came out as they are coming in, God spoke to me about them. I said, the woman, come forward here. I was on the pulpit. And she came straight before sitting down. And the Lord told me to tell her that she's barren. I said, you are barren? And she said, barren? I do not menstruate. And I said, the Lord told me that you have children. I lay hands on her, the power of God moved to her, and then she gave her life to Christ. Now, she started attending the church. And then problems started in the church because some leaders said, I must leave. On the ground that they said I was healing people and I was making people speak in tongues. And the third count was that I said, we will destroy this temple because this place will not take us and this is the temple their forefathers built. We went through this stuff and it was terrible. You know, I was conducting night vigil. All of them were coming. Pastor Debbie was there. Pastor Sidney was there and the rest of them. <clears throat> and one day, not the first year, first year, <coughs> yeah, first year, they came in 77 or so. Or 76. Pastor, Pastor Adesana. Oh, 80, sorry. 87 or so. So, it, no, 86, I think they came in. He's in Germany now. That's why you don't have it. 87. So, we ho- went through the whole year. After a year plus, I was going now. I'm leaving the, the church. I'm leaving the country. Because now... The decision is that I should go back to Nigeria. If God called me, he will bring me back. And he will give me a missionary visa. And when he said that, I said, if you tell me after this time to come back, I will not. Because you challenge my God. The one son said to me that, you are a student here in this country. If it is Jesus who appeared to you as you claim, then go back to your country. That Jesus must give you a missionary visa. I said, stop. At this, no more words. And I walked out of their midst. And I told them, when I come, you will know that Jesus has appeared to me. That night I went to, the following week in the night, we went to the night vigil. And I, after ministering very powerfully, I told them that tomorrow I'm going to Nigeria. And I said I'll be coming back in two weeks. Because my the intention is when I get to Nigeria, 
I will go straight to the embassy and I'll tell them the vision of how Jesus appeared to me. Can you take that ambient of place? How Jesus appeared to me and ask them for a missionary visa. Because we had missionaries came from England to Nigeria, of course. So why shouldn't Nigerians send missionaries to England? It's a trade by butter. So as I was praying for them and I told them farewell, and I had to leave my daughter, Pastor Elizabeth, then with um, the church, and they took care of her. Mrs. Adesa came out of the congregation, and she knelt down before me, just like this story you read, and held my leg. She held my leg tightly. Her head was on the floor. She was weeping very, very furiously. And when she began to weep, she said, give me my child before you go. Okay? When she said that, and I said to myself, if I know how to give children, I will have given to all women. But her cry struck something inside me. And a deep compassion came upon me. And I looked down to heavens. And when I looked down, I said, by the time I come back, you'll be four months pregnant. It happened on the spot. Full of compassion, he spoke. I can identify with this experience of Christ that it is true to letter. True to letter, I tell you. But you see, many of us, our hearts have been seared by the enemy. That we can't have true compassion for others. If you can break that barrier into it, forget it. Forget it. Whatever you utter when you are full of compassion, on behalf of nation, on behalf of people, it will come to pass. I left and I went. She conceived immediately. But because she doesn't menstruate, there is nowhere to know it. She'd never been pregnant. So a month after, when I got to Nigeria, I started the crusades. Instead of the night, two, two weeks, I, the Lord sent me to a crusade which lasted 90 days. I spent my first seven days fasting and praying and seeking God's face. Like, where do I go? How do I go? Second week, I went to, the Lord told me to go to my spiritual father, Prophet Obadari. And from there, he gave me a letter to CAC. The following week, CAC absorbed me into the Aklaji. That is going to about the third week. All right, and then I went to my church to, to deliver a message, and they declared a crusade for 90 days. The, the crusade was declared, we don't know the number of days, but then it kept on every day. God was moving every day, God was moving, and it went one week, seven weeks, seven, seven, seven days, 14 days, and stuff. And we were enjoying ourselves. I forgot that I left my daughter in England and that I said I would come back in two weeks. But during that time, when the crusade started, the first week of the crusade, one of our, my senior brothers, who is very influential in the in continent of Africa, he was the counsel for British government over African affairs. If anything happened in Africa to British government, he is the counsel, he is the lawyer British government will call. And he came to the first meeting and he said to me, Look, Junior, I want us to go to my uh, townhouse. And we went in the weekend after my one week crusade. And he said to me that, you know, I'm a learned fellow, very influential in the field of law. He said, 
But this tongue you people are speaking, I coveted. He has a chapel in his house, and he knelt down and told me, Please, lay hands on me. I lay hands on him, and boom, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was speaking in tongues relentlessly. So, by the following morning, he said to me, Do you have anything I can help you to do? I said, you know, anything. He said, yes. Is there anything you want me to do? He said, my father raised him when he was going to primary school. He was the chairman of my wedding. He, you know, also presided over my household as as a father. So I said, brother, the only thing that you may do for me is apply to the British Embassy I came to, to change my status to missionary visa. And he said to me, he said, consider it done. He took his phone, brrr, he phoned the ambassador of Great Britain, right as I was sitting down. He said, tomorrow I'm sending my, um, you know, one of the lawyers, who is the head of uh, one section, to your office with my brother's passport. That one said, what is your, about your passport? He said, he's a missionary and he's going to England. I want missionary visa for him. So that's not the problem. When he comes, tell him to ask for blah, 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 blah. And that's it. On the spot. And then we went. The following day I went, they invited me to the top uh, floor. They gave me a special room. They asked me, where are your passports? And he said to him, tell him to bring all his passports when he's coming. His passport and wife and stuff. When I go there, they now ask me, is there anybody that will go with you? You know, you have your wife, any other person in your family that you are, you are living with, you want to move. Because what they are giving me is everybody that lives with me in Nigeria must move with me as a missionary. I said, no, I only have all my children are born in England. I said, I don't have anybody. They did all the stuff after giving me coffee and very good um, um, sandwiches. They came back <laughs> and they said, this is your passport. You are welcome to England. And anytime you like, you can go. And I did not know that this will not happen until 90 days, I, until the, the fourth month. So 90 days of crusade, the first two weeks of preamble, first week of seeking God, second week of walking about, then getting letter, third week go to the CFCAC, absorbing to the clergy. Fourth week started the crusade, 90 days finished. The, the week in the 90 days, visa given. It was four months. I came back. Mrs. Adesai was four months pregnant. That is the pregnancy of Sister Kweju, who is now among you all. That's how she came to be. You know what I'm telling you? Sometimes when we read the stories of the Bible, we distance ourselves from the reality. But what God wants us to see between the lines is what informed that action. So what informed the action of Moses was intimate relationship with the Father. To the place where he talks with the Father. And we all can do the same. We can get there. It has nothing to do with calling or anointing. It has to do with just love. God. The second thing with Christ is he has compassion on the leper so much more that the compassion override his humanity. His humanity says don't touch a leper. That is the rule in Israel. But out of compassion he touched him and said I, I'm willing 
And if Jesus is willing, God must be willing. Because when you are willing out of a heart of compassion, God, another name of God is compassion. Compassion is God, and it comes from God. And no man can have it unless God endow it. But God will endow it on a mind frame that is pruned for it. I would get that. From today, don't look for what you get from God. Look for what you will give to God. Stand up on your feet, please. I want us to now pray our last prayer tonight. That, Father, that heart of Christ, that God's compassion, give it to me. Shall we begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Tell the Lord to give you the heart of compassion. If Jesus spoke out of compassion and it was done, and it has happened in this house, Father, give me that kind of compassion. Pray and tell God, let my word be honored. Do not let my word fall to the ground. As we disperse today, it shall come to pass by tomorrow. That that which you have spoken about begins to manifest. Tell the Lord to use you in this age for the manifestation of his grace and power. You cannot come to this world and not manifest Jesus. Tell the Lord, I am yours, you are mine. Use me to bring forth such healing that lepers shall be cleansed. Use me and fill my heart with compassion for humanity. Let my heart be filled with what can I do for you, O God. Not what I will take from you, O God. As you use Moses, use me. As you use Elijah, men who spoke on your behalf, use me. Tell God, take away from me everything that hinders my heart. Everything that makes me unfruitful. Take them away, oh God, in this April. Restore my originality. Tell the Lord. Father, we bless you. Thank God for tonight. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' holy name we are prayed. Lord, all the utterances made since Friday. Yesterday to today. Lord, bring them together.